podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday in which the transfer window is getting closer, rumour mill is heating up, and rumoured targets are heading elsewhere, perhaps proving that they weren't fully on our list to begin with. Um, We'll start with this is Anfield today. There is a piece up Liverpool in June. Anfield expansion transfers and the new season fixtures which will be out soon all that you can expect there obviously the number one target that everybody's aware of that there's been so much chatter around is Alexis McAllister and there are some reports now suggesting that the fee is less than we think it'll be somewhere maybe around the 50 million mark which would make sense if you think about it Alexis would have been out of contract next summer. And with 12 months left on his deal, what would his value really have been on the open market? 30, maybe 35 million. He doesn't have the English tax that has Chelsea demanding stupid money from Mason Mount. So would Brighton have gotten 35 million? I think that's probably where it would have landed. So it makes sense that he signed the new deal to increase his value, but also put in place an agreement with Tony Bloom that he wouldn't be priced out of moves because he was always leaving this summer. That was never in doubt. And unless he felt like the fee was going to be at a fair point, why would he agree to sign a new deal? So I think we might get him for around 50, which would be great value. Reports from Germany are that Manu Kone will cost between 30 and 35 million. And again, that's great value. And that's a deal that Gladbach want done quickly. So if we can get both of them in the door and then add Kefren Turam. That is our midfield boxed off for the summer. And boxed off really, really well with three players who fit the new shape, who fit the old shape, and who are malleable enough to fit into any other shape you might want to throw them into. The three players that can combine well with the existing midfielders at the club. You could see the three of them playing in different, two, say two of the three of them playing in different shapes with Iago or with Fabinho or with Curtis. 
And having those younger, powerful midfielders in Kone and Turam will give you more aggression and energy and legs through the dog days of the season when things get a little bit tough. I really do think if we could land the three of them, that would be a massive, massive achievement for us as a club to get those three players in. And then you look at Curtis, you look at Besetic, that's a five-man group moving forward. You maybe want to add two more to it, ideally for the long term, which would be replacements for Fabinho and Thiago. And then you'll have a really strong core in midfield that can be the basis of the next great Liverpool team. And when Jürgen leaves in 2026, they'd all still be young midfielders. Turam and Kone would only be 25 at that point. Alexis would be 27, 28. Trent would be 27, 28. I think it would be ideal. I really do. I think if you could add these three midfielders to the mix, it could be outstanding. And then obviously, after the midfield, we have issues in defence that we need to solve. And we know that a left-sided centre-back is one thing that's needed. But we could also do with a right-sided centre-back because Ibu, as brilliant as he is, does have injury issues. And Joe Gomez, as good as he was a few years ago, is no longer that player. Joel Matip has fallen off. And if we could sell Joel and add another another central defender, I think that's probably the best bet for everybody. If you sold Joel and Nat Phillips, and let's say Sepp Vandenberg replaces Nat as like the, the depth centre-back, and you add, let's say, Bella Kotchup, just because he's a name that's gone round a few times, or Julian Timber, whose name's gone round a few times, then you're in a much stronger position defensively. Your midfield is reborn. You've got options in attack. I've said before I would like a young winger because I I think we are a little bit light on the wings. But you'd be really close to having, having a squad that might take a year to blend and gel and get that year together of, of just going through wars. And then in 2024-25, they're ready to go and, and attack the season with a couple more additions to round out the rest of the squad and fix fix all the actual issues in the in the team and the squad. Hmm. I watched a bunch of Ajax under Van Hal yesterday. And you could see this team with those players morphing into something very similar. The back three, the diamond in midfield with Trent as the deepest one, Alexis as the 10, Kone and Turam in the in the engine room, and then a front three with either Cody or Darwin through the middle, or Jota if need be, but Cody or Dar- Darwin preferably. Um, also on this is Anfield, from record signing to... Free transfer, Naby Keita, and a 52.75 million gamble. Um, Jürgen said Naby was world-class. Now, Jürgen has done 
a lot of interviews over the years and he's fluffed a lot of players over the years. But he's very rarely called players world-class. Very, very rarely. It was interesting to hear that that was the, the specific phrase that he used. Now, that will devastate some people who like to say that Naby is shit because they don't understand the difference between being injured and not being good at football. It will have devastated them to hear Jürgen say that. Now, they'll try and cope with it by saying, oh, he's just saying something nice. But then is he always just saying something nice when he talks to players? Or is it only when he's saying things about your favourites that he's being honest and when he's saying something about something you don't like? You know, find your lane, stick in it. Naby's an outstanding player, and I'll die on the hill that if him and Ox hadn't had the major injuries that they had, we would have won multiple league titles and multiple Champions Leagues in this run. Because having those two with Fabinho and Ginny as the backup for all three roles was better than what we ended up with. Eight surprising stats that sum up Liverpool's season from the bad to the bizarre. Let's have a look then. Uh, losing as many away games as Everton. That's... <laughs> oh, God. Everton were so bad away as well. Like that just, That's horrible. Eight defeats away from home in the league. Just in the league. Conceding first in 40% of our games. Well, that's less than ideal. A 25-point drop-off from last season. Only Chelsea was worse. They dropped off 30, but it does go to show our season was basically as bad as theirs, and we didn't have the chaos that they had around. Allison saved more expected goals than any goalkeeper in Europe. Well, that's great for him. It's not great for us that he's been relied on so heavily. Southampton scored 21% of their home goals for the season against Liverpool. Twenty-three players injured, three hundred games missed. It, it's a false narrative. I'm sorry. It just is. It just is. Jota gets injured every season. Thiago gets injured every season. Naby and Ox get injured every season. You can point at Besetic. He wasn't expected to play, so that's just a failure to plan again. Same with Ramsey. Ramsey's going to count for a lot of those games. Kanate gets injured all the time. Matip and Gomez get injured all the time. When you go into a season with a squad full of injury-prone players, we had injuries is not an excuse when you fail. Second least time-wasting team in the Premier League. Newcastle had an average ball in play of 51 minutes and 5 seconds. Ours was 56 minutes and 41 seconds. This is why it's very easy to watch football matches on Scout because they take out all the ball not in play so you can watch a game in, in an hour, basically. Defensively reliable from set pieces. Liverpool conceded zero goals from corners in the league this season. That's not actually true. They did clarify that in a 
follow up when people pointed it out. Liverpool did concede at least one, maybe two from corners this season, but there were own goals. Canate against Brentford is the one that stands in mind. And they did say, well, our model doesn't actually account for own goals. Um, but we we weren't great from set pieces this year. I mean, Norwich caused, or not, not, not Norwich, Nottingham Forest caused chaos with long throws. Free kicks causes problems. We were poor defensively this season from all aspects. Liverpool may have already found better Mason Mount alternative with Jurgen Klopp dream, says Liverpool.com. And that is a picture of Dominic Zabozlai. I love Dominic Zabozlai. I think he is an absolutely incredible footballer. And while I really, really do want the midfield I laid out earlier, Zabozlai is such a special player that I would basically throw it out to get him. I think he would fit more or fit better in a a four-man defence with a box midfield than a three-man defence with a box midfield where he's asked to do a little less defensive work. But he is genuinely one of the most gifted players on the planet. As a couple, a couple of pieces about Kefren Turam. Leo Messi accepts 1.2 billion offer as Chelsea could beat Liverpool to transfer. Uh, let's see now. Messi accepts 1.2 billion Saudi Arabian offer. That's magnificent. And Chelsea ready to meet Ugart release clause. Well, they're not beating us to a transfer that we've chosen not to make. In the same way, United won't be beating us to Mason Mount because we decided to sign Alexis McAllister instead. There's absolutely no way Alexis isn't an alternative to Mount. There's no way he's an alternative to Jude. It's quite clear Kefren Turam is the alternative to Jude. Liverpool could test Chelsea amid FFP pressure after target made Steven Gerrard admission. So there's been a, a video going around of Levi Caldwell talking about his admiration of Steven Gerrard. I would love us to get him. Now, Brighton are believed to have had a £30 million bid turned down. I reckon if you throw 45, 50 at Chelsea, they'd, they'd take it. Because they are a mess financially in terms of how they have to get back in compliance with FFP. And if we can get... If we can get our midfield sorted for less than we thought, let's say it's 50 for Alexis, 30 for Kone, 45 for Turan, that's 125 million. 50 for Colwell, 25 million, give or take, would probably get you Bella Kotchup. you'd find a backup goalkeeper fairly cheap. And then you have sales that you can factor in. Matip, 10 million. Phillips, let's say six. Reese Williams, maybe a million quid. Leighton Clarkson, maybe two million quid. There's 19. Costas, 15, give or take. 
Maybe some add-ons. Kelleher, 15. Well, there's 49 million. So your next spend then is around 150, plus whatever it costs to get the goalkeeper. And there's probably one or two others in the squad we could we could look at moving on. Like maybe a Tyler Morton. Maybe you sell him with a buyback clause or something. It's all very doable, or it should be very doable. Liverpool could already have two perfect Thiago heirs lined up who share Jack Grealish trait. Okay. The one is Moises Caicedo. (laughs) The other is Alexis McAllister. I mean... Not really sure the point of that whole piece. Uh, if, if we wanted to sign, if we wanted to get the Thiago successor in this summer or somebody that, you know, can be developed to replace him when he leaves. I really do like Alex Scott from Bristol. If we were going to sign four midfielders, Alex Scott would be Alexis, Catherine, Kone and Alex Scott. They'd be the four I'd like to see. Now, there's obviously others that would be great as well, but Alex Scott, I think, is really talented. He's got a lot of Thiago in his game, carries the ball like him, even strikes the ball like him. He doesn't have his passing, but who does? But he's a very good passer. He tackles exactly like Thiago as well. He's a bit bigger and a bit stronger than Thiago and hopefully won't be as injury prone. But if you had those four plus Besetich plus Curtis, you'd be pretty close to set long-term in midfield. I know people still have their doubts over Curtis and Besetich still has a lot of developing to do, but Fabinho bridges the gap with Besetich, at least so that he's not having to be relied on too often. Yeah. All you need then is a decent backup to Trent and you'd be away in a hack. Um, Anfieldindex.com, finally. Uh, There is a piece up regarding my waffle on the Daily Red yesterday regarding uh, Kefren Turam and Manu Kone. Uh, LFC women to find new home at reclaimed Melwood. So Liverpool are in the process of buying Melwood back from Robbie Fowler and Jamie Carragher. And it's going to now be the new home of Liverpool ladies, which is absolutely brilliant. The women's team have not been treated properly at all. They'll have now their own facilities. There needs to be a significant chunk of money put into that as well, because it'll need modernizing and upgrading. Give them the best of what's available. It's not that long ago that our women's team was one of the best in the country. Then the investment stopped and they stopped and they dropped off. And now they've built themselves back up with a new training ground, with more money put in for wages and whatever else. I, I think they could potentially have real success because the name Liverpool carries huge weight in the women's game as well. Most of them grew up watching the men's team, you know, loving Steven Gerrard, 
Suarez and whoever else, the name will be a draw. And there's no reason they shouldn't have great facilities. Look at Leon and the money they put into their women's team and the success that they've had. Wouldn't it be really something we could all be proud of if Liverpool's women's team were winning Champions Leagues? League One star speaks out. Future uncertain amid Liverpool talks. It's a piece about Kefren Turam. There's another piece about Manu Kone. Um, the news team have been very busy. <clears throat> and here's a final piece. This one is about Mickey van der Veen. Young centre-back, Dutch from Wolfsburg. 6'4", really quick, really good on the ball. Needs to improve in the air. That's the, the big knock that you'd have on him. But he could be a bargain. Now, Colwell would be my preferred choice over anybody, including over Josco Guardiola. If I could pick one, I'd pick Levi Colwell. But if he's not a possibility, then this kid for around 30, 35 million would be a great get. He's very, very good. Just needs to improve in the air, get a little bit more aggressive. Playing next to Virgil will help. But if you got him, maybe then you buy Jurian Timber because you can spend more money on the other side. So rather than 50 on Colwell and 25 on Bella Kotchip, maybe you go 30, 35 on Van de Veen and 40, 45 on Timber. And then, you know, Virgil will be happy. And we can run out of an old Dutch back three from game to game, which could be fun. Um, which is also interesting because the backup goalkeeper I'd like us to sign is also Dutch. Um, Bart Verbruggen of Anderlecht, I think should be our, should be our top goalkeeper target. Now he, he would be a little bit pricey. You might have to pay 10 to 12 million for him, but he's an enormous talent. He's 20 years of age and you could pencil him in as the long-term successor to Ali. Even if Ali plays in the five years, Verbruggen will only be 25 at that point, 26 maybe. But you could send him on loan for a couple of years and just continue to develop him. But he's really, really talented. Anyway, podcast-wise, we have a few new ones. There is the Scouted that was done on Monday, looking at the relegation pieces. Uh, Media Matters, Dave Davis hosted David Lynch to chat up on the end of the season. And then there is an Under Pressure with Dan Rhodes, Cy Brundish and Phil Barter to discuss Southampton and a bunch of other things. So check out all of those and that will do me for today, folks. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, 
we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.